Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. All right, all right, all right, guys. Welcome back to Informed Consent. No ad today. We're just going to jump right back into part two of our series on the fall of a agency. So that's all I got for you guys. On to the episode. Let's talk about billing issues um, in terms of in terms of the stuff, um, I guess in terms of how they're getting trying to maximize billings, billing uh, for these clients um, and why they're doing it. You want to start us off? Give us your thoughts. How well, they're well? I guess we know from the article what what they're doing. Um, yeah. So, what does double and triple dipping mean besides just like going to? transporting and being present during an appointment yeah and from what the article read it sounds like the one example they gave is all of these clients need to go to the same doctor's office so i'll pick them all up and take them there all at one time well and that's not it's not just that company that does that did that. No, 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 i mean and no, no. I, I can think of two right off the top of uh-huh. my head that i know that that she happens gets <laughs> And it wasn't that company. Um, right. <laughs> and one no longer has that program. So, <laughs> yeah. so don't come knocking like, on my yeah, door. Right. Um, but yeah, in that, well, they need to, and, and it's not necessarily out of malice. Let's say, I know I've heard oh, yeah. this say, well, these people need to learn how to have, like, peer interactions uh-huh. or social skills. Yeah. So we get them together for that. Well, that's great. That's a different service line. Yeah. This is a specific service line that calls for confidentiality. It does not have a group component. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about yeah. the, I mean, there's that um, that rationale, which is sound. Mm-hmm. Not appropriate, but sound. But let's talk about where we live in, in Roanoke and what the catchment may be. Oh, man. Yeah, so if like, I have a client in um, just, in Giles, which when I worked in the New River Valley, this happened, when I was like doing emergency services, there was a, a night where I had to go from one hospital to the other, 
And it is an hour drive. Let's talk. Yeah, you cover counties. Yeah. So and sometimes multiple I, counties. Yeah. Yeah. So if I have a client in Giles, it needs to be at, in in Radford in at you know whatever time, and that's another client that lives in Blacksburg also needs to be at that same doctor. They're on the way. Yeah. It may. And guess what? If I do the ethical thing, I can bill for. Can I bill for transporting the client there? Yeah, I can bill for transporting the client there. Because we're technically we can have that session there. In okay? the car. Wait for them at the doctor's office. Not bill. That's an hour. Drive them all the way back home. Bill. So I I build two hours. Okay. And then my drive from first client to second client I don't get paid for. Right. Or what if yeah. I what if I drop that client off and have to go pick up another client in Giles? I don't get bill for that. Mm-mm. So I'm literally wasting. You're just three hours of productivity. Yeah. Three hours of, of time that I could get, be getting paid, and let's compound that with the money that I had for groceries this week needs to go to rent and the gas and all that of I don't the, get reimbursed the things. for the time you're away from your kids because all you're doing is driving for not being to able to get paid. Yeah, so I mean, you know why this happens. We yeah. know what happens. Mm-hmm. It's not it, this is not well put together. That's for sure. Right, it's a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. So. Double interval billing can can look like that. Are there any other? Well, let's. Here's an interesting turn. What other ways <laughs> can you double interval bill so that the incoming professionals can say, can notice it when it happens, and maybe say, "This is not the place for me. I'm yeah. out." Yeah, I remember Heather and Gabriel saying, "If this is happening, yeah. run, run, to get run. out of here." I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like I'm, like I know what I've seen happen. I have a hard time coming up with this sometimes, but I'm not surprised when they happen. um, I'm trying to think. Also, um, if the the client's in multiple services, um, and let's oh, here's a good one. So, I'm doing in home. The kid has TDT therapeutic day treatment, and I need to talk to the parents to get them to sign something. Technically, I can't have them. I can't go to the parent during school hours. Yeah. Oh, and have yeah. Them sign that. Or what if you're doing a parent session? Wouldn't it make sense that you do it during school hours because the kid's not there? No. But Medicaid you can't fraud. do it. They can't do it. <laughs> Medicaid fraud. Um, which um, that does make sense. And I actually did have a supervisor. Uh, I was like, "Oh, this is what I'm going to do," and they were like, "Whoa, no, you can't do that. do that." And I was like, "I didn't even think about that." Yeah, I because it think. made sense. Yeah. Um, doing this parent session while the kid's not at home so we can talk about the stress Mm -hmm. that this kid is putting on you. But the kid's already in another service. Yeah. Well, and you've got to get special approval from insurance companies, not just Medicaid, before you can see your psychiatrist and your counselor in the same day, even if they're at different offices. Mm. Um, So. How often is that happening? Well, if you both bill on the same day, Uh not even the same time, the same day, one of you is not getting paid. Uh. (laughs) So, Yikes. yeah. Okay. Um, what other ways? And I'm trying to rack my brain because we definitely didn't plan to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, we didn't plan to talk about it. Um, um, so if there's multiple services going on, mm-hmm. um, if... Um, well, and some... Let's just look at it. You have a treatment team meeting. If this oh yeah, if this client is in four or, or two, four, two, four, six, twelve, uh-huh. how many service lines they're in yeah. at your agency... Um, and everybody gets together to talk about it. No one gets paid. Nobody gets paid. Yeah. Is that, I mean, you start to get frustrated about not ever getting yeah. paid for and, appointments. And I distinctly remember trying to, but that same case that I was just telling you mm-hmm. about, trying to get T 
KT in home that was doing in home with the child and then I was doing parent sessions the three of us together and saying like let's get together at this time in the morning um, and the TDT counselor saying no because then I'm, I'm away from work mm-hmm. and then I don't get paid so you're taking an hour out of my pay, getting paid time my bill time so I, I don't want to come at that time and then the in-home counselor saying I don't get paid anyway because they're not here so I'm not coming yeah which I kind of understand I mean I get it but who gets hurt here right Right. It's the person who we're supposed to be taking the best care of. Mm-hmm. So is the answer, because me and, and like my impulsiveness says the, the quick answer is just salary everyone. Even if we are paying them still that, that same hourly rate, that way they can mm-hmm. they are getting paid for hours worked. Well, and we actually had this conversation. Not you and I, but I say, at, I at, at an agency. of <laughs> um, uh, What do we do? Like the, the salary structure we have now, which was not a salary, um, sucked. You so know, dumb. it was it was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. Came up with that, and somebody a long time ago, and um, and I remember the um, the head of the company for this state said, "I don't even understand it." Oh, I do remember you telling me that story. And so we talked about what. Well, so what can we do differently? Like mm-hmm. I know that in this little meeting we're not going to decide. Yeah, but, but let's let's just throw out some ideas. Yeah. Like what do we think? And what it always came back to was. How do we hold people accountable for billing if we don't pay them hourly? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's insane. But, and there's a piece to that of, okay, well, if we're paying them salary, they have to be able to do this, this, and this. That's the expectation, right? Well, what's wrong with saying we're going to salary you and we already have quotas that we have to meet, mm-hmm. you know? Make sure you meet your quota. Yeah. But let's make it be realistic and... Not 29 Ethical. hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 15 hours of unpaid documentation time. And <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that next, too, is, is you know, we're, we're grinding these clinicians out, and then, you know, they're not getting paid and, to do... And I hear people say, it only takes 15 minutes to do a note, or you shouldn't be spending an hour on paperwork a day. Let's get real. If you you're s- not... It depends on who you are, but most people... <laughs> are spending a lot more time on paperwork than what the agency says they should only be spending on right. paperwork. Because they don't know any better. And the mm-hmm. agency, I mean, we had this whole, um, that whole podcast with Dr. Melissa Hall on mm-hmm. documentation where the agencies aren't training um, their clinicians how to do notes. So you may have, you know, a five-page report on what this one-hour mm-hmm. session was. And so, yeah, that is going to take an hour. And then you compound mm-hmm. that with the three to five clients they have a day. That is, yeah, five yeah. extra hours at the end of the day that you're not getting paid for. Yep. Um, so it, 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 it's not surprising why the double billing is happening because it's, well, I'm going to double bill because I need to be reimbursed for my documentation time. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's, I don't know, I'm of the mindset that Medicaid probably should be paying us for documentation time. And if it really is only taking 15 minutes, then what's the problem? Yeah. Well, and I mean, that would help to change some of this. And I guess in some way it needs to be looked at as a whole agency too. Like, why are we so focused on milking the frontline people so much so that we as higher-ups get a different salary structure? 
Wait, what did you ask? I mean, <laughs> I think we need to look at this not just like Medicaid needs to pay us this extra 15 minutes, but why are we not building in that time and paying people for this? Some service lines, you do get paid for it. Mm-hmm. You get paid a lower rate, mm-hmm. but some service lines, you do get paid mm-hmm. for it. Why are we not doing that across the board? I mean, a lot of it that is return on investment for investees or investors, return on, you know, infrastructure, all of that are the reasons why we say that. But here's the people who are doing the service, and we're milking them, basically, to support the agency. Right. Or Mm -hmm. support the bottom line of the investors or the CEO or the higher-ups who probably aren't doing a whole lot of anything and don't know anything about anything. We often talked about... Uh, how little the incoming professional knows just about the process as as it is and we often talk about how you know the lack of knowledge or even misconception there is around mental health um so compound those two things with the people that are getting paid more than all of us yeah anyways uh that just got real deep and heavy and (laughs) Yeah, but um, I, I, you know, I think it's important to, to realize that that's what is going on. You know, it it sounds um, uh, pessimistic, but it's not untrue. You know, um, and I, and I think we had this conversation earlier um, about investors and and people starting these companies to turn a profit because they are. From what you were saying, they were lucrative. I don't see how mental health is lucrative um, from a sta- eight, from an agency standpoint, um, especially when you have people, especially when we have this stuff going on. Well, and if it were so lucrative, why do we have to push people yeah. to bill so much if it's so lucrative? Right. I mean, is that the way that it becomes lucrative? Um, I mean, but agencies are doing it. They're making it, and they're some turn a profit. You know, I I just have an issue with corporations and mental health being combined into yeah. one. I mean, I know I'm in private practice, so I'm not a for profit. I'm, I'm not a non-profit, but you know, I mean, technically that's for profit, Yeah, you know, but you're one of the few therapists that's I'm, getting paid what you're worth. Yeah, there you go. Like, I mean, ugh, I don't even know how I want to say this now. <laughs> go ahead. Maybe I'll edit it. <laughs> we, we cannot set up a system where we are basing investors' profits off of providing services to the mentally ill. Yeah. Like, that's just not okay, especially yeah. to the, those with serious mental illness. Right. I don't believe that this is what was meant when we started Community Mental Health. When the whole Community Mental Health Act came out and we started bringing people out of institutions, Mm -hmm. I just can't for the life of me believe that this is what we intended to have happen. That that all these for-profit companies would swoop in Mm -hmm. and create programs and milk the system. Right. I mean, and I'm not saying that they're not providing good services, some of them. I'm not, you know. They're probably not. But overall, it just doesn't feel like it's what's supposed to happen. They're... Definitely not what's supposed to happen, and and I would even challenge, um, not that our listeners are shitty clinicians, but I even I even told you that we didn't have a podcast on this whole this whole topic. Um, even the best clinician in, in me 
thinking that coming out of graduate school, coming out of internship, I was a very good clinician. Um, my time in community mental health has made me a worse clinician, not because of the things that we're talking about, but because of the nature of the services and the nature of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so even the very best clinician working in this... Well, and, and some of these, the lack of clinical growth. And and that's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. not growth. It's it's not even stagnation. It's like a recession. Yeah. Of, of, no, I know regression. that. Yeah, yeah. So our listeners, if you are thinking like, I am an amazing clinician, that may be true, but within the system, it... it almost forces you to lose some of that that clinical it's no different than our clients like you could take your clients out of the home into the community and work with them and teach them literally everything that you know about being well and they could report that they're understanding it and say they want to put it into practice and you put them back in that home and what happens in a week mm-hmm. we had a whole episode on the five us being the five the average of the five people that we hang around with most when we're hanging around the sick and the greedy, we're going to go one way. Yeah. You know, or or probably a little bit of both. Greedy being, I need to eat, so I'm going to double, triple bill. And sick being, <laughs> I'm kind of okay with it. Or just, you know, not being okay with it, but also still needing to eat. Yeah. So. I would like to be a fly on the wall in all these staff meetings and clinical supervisions and just kind of gauge how much is spent in in development of clinical skill and how much is spent in administrative how much are you billing kind of stuff 80 20 and you know and then i mean i was in middle management hell before i know what that looks like the pressure you get from both sides and and supervisors are stuck in a really awful place as well mm-hmm and I think for the clinician that is is there, and what I, what I do, <clears throat> you don't have to do what I do. I'm much more aggressive. Is there's no clients. Don't even open your mouth to me about how much I'm billing. Mm-hmm. If you can't find the clients, shut your mouth. Well, there you because go. I I can't get hours from the no clients that we have. You know, so why are we having this conversation? You can document that we had this conversation, but don't waste my time. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can say that we met for an hour. Well, I'm out of here. Even when there's clients, mm-hmm. let's talk about what this client clinically needs. Mm-hmm. Are we giving this client what they clinically need? If we are, then we don't have to worry about the hours because people will be coming to mm-hmm. us because we clinically give clients what they need. Right, right. You know, we will, we will have a, a business that gives that serves our mission mm-hmm. besides our bottom line mm-hmm. because people will want to come to us they'll be knocking down our door well there's an interesting point what mission what is the mission most companies have a mission statement yeah, whether it's actual what and some of it's just the plaque they hang on the wall right yeah but some lit i mean you should be living your mission right absolutely that's why we have it Mm-hmm. And, I mean, speaking of mission, Heather and I are part of a networking group of other clinicians, and the first homework assignment was, write your mission statement. Mm-hmm. What are your values? Who do those values come from? And organize your mission statement around those values. If you're operating outside of those values, no wonder your company closes yeah. from billing $3 million more than it actually worked. 
it's as obvious. So again, what is your mission? What is your company's mission? Are they, do they even know? Ask your supervisor. What's, what's the company's mission statement? And they may have to look it up and that's fine. But then say, are we living that? I didn't know that mission statement existed. Are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Why not? Can we go talk to the CEO of the company and tell him, ask him why we're not doing this? Or even what you know, if you look up the mission statement of your company, which they should, most of them have them. Do you feel like one, it's supported by those above you, and that you are you are actively encouraged to do that? And if you're not, there's your cue to run. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It's as simple as but that. But run where? Yeah. Not to the next <laughs> because, agency. Yeah. Yeah. And for how long? Just until you get your license? You can go into private practice? Well, did you hear about the um, the DMAS almost cutting off um, billing to Medicaid of um, outpatient counseling by residents no. this year? Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, so proposed regs um, cut out the option for residents to bill Medicaid for outpatient services. Um, so they bill under a licensed person. Right. But Medicaid is the only company that, the only insurance company that allows that to happen uh-huh. insurance-wise. And their their proposed regs had nixed that. Mm-hmm. And of course, well, then one, my first question was, how in the hell are residents going to get good experience if mm-hmm. they can't do therapy? Right. So are we going to, is that going to push them and I said this to another question. Does that push them into all these other community services, community mental health positions that don't give them the same quality experience? Or that aren't even therapeutic? Yeah. Um, and or they clinical? can't get and they can't get their hours that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what does that do for residents? Right. Um, the second piece is there's not enough to yeah. go around. We we need residents to be billing Medicaid because how in the heck else are are we going to serve this population? Yeah. We don't have enough. So apparently the, there was enough advocacy that went on. I came in at the tail end of this. I didn't even mm-hmm. catch it um, when it first happened. I was caught it after they did all the advocacy. Uh-huh. Um, and they've, they've, they understand that that's an issue. And so they are not, that's not going to be in the regulations Good. that are coming out um, like next week. But yeah, so there's... That was almost a shit show. The, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Which. Which, when you said, where do they go, that's what made me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where are residents supposed to go to get good experience here? Yeah. You're supposed to find a resident supervisor who owns a private practice (laughs) and go fucking work for them because that's, it's. So, actually, we are going to have a resident come on um, and talk about what she learned firsthand because no one told her this stuff um soon so good stay tuned yeah that's good but <laughs> and if you are a resident who's learned some of these hard lessons let's i mean we want to talk to you we should start a twitter account with all the horrible stories <laughs> that people send Except in I'm not on twitter. it'll be anonymous <laughs> and, well then you can't send in your horror stories <laughs> so um, what else do you want to address about this article? Um, address about um, anything else? I mean, I'm sure the other. It's <laughs> the visual that I just had was this agency closes, and all of these clients and clinicians are out of jobs and out of help. 
Mm-hmm. So immediately. Yes. The visualization Which is like I get. An awful experience. I mean, think about their case managers. Yeah. Like whoa, what a what a a um overwhelming experience for yeah. the case managers in our CSBs mm-hmm. right now. I can't imagine what that's like for them. Well, I <laughs> I just did. The visual that I have is piranhas in water of it's gonna be a feeding frenzy for dude, this agency just closed. Let's go find all their clients and get them and in turn burn all of our clinicians down. Ew. Like for real. Yeah. And all, all oh, all the their clinicians are out of jobs too. We'll come here. What did you get paid there? We'll, we'll pay you a, a couple bucks more. Come to us. Like that's Oh, and go ahead and bring your client telephone numbers. <laughs> Stop. Oh, no, no. That's messed up. So No, but in all actuality, yeah, what do you think these so clinicians are let's, doing? Let's send out positive intentions to yeah. these um, to these clinicians and to these clients that that they get good quality, that jobs are, are positive jobs are available and that they get good quality services because this is just an I mean at one point in the newspaper article it said this particular company had how many clinicians? How many clients? Hundred and twenty five clinicians and they were probably serving maybe three or four times that. Yeah, so it's almost I mean, a thousand that's clients. a lot of people in our area who are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to have a great end of year. Oh, so, um, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. Is that a good place to end it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's end with positive intentions. Send, so, those, send your positive intentions. One of the things that I, that I did want to do in reading this article and talking... Uh, about mission statements prior to this episode and re and in turn accidentally revisiting this podcast's manifesto mm-hmm. and mission um i thought it would be a good place to at least revisit that okay so i'd like to push this episode out to you know as many people as we can especially since i'm not sure a lot of them are, are affected um and i'd like to think that we have a um a community of listeners that that hear what we're saying and, and keep listening and, and are hopefully speaking their truth. Um, so I think this is a good place to end it. And I'll end with um, our manifesto. And it's apropos. The current state of mental health is not dissimilar to a watch whose cogs have missing teeth, functioning, though slow, without accuracy or reliability, while the watchmaker habitually neglects tuning and love. Although frustrating for workers in the field, the ones to suffer most are those who are the intended benefactors. Knowledge is power, and few are bringing that knowledge to consumers, and power is shunted away from those in the field. It follows that our communities need power, whether they are consumers or clinicians. It must start with joining the professionals in conversations that catalyze change, to not only shed light on the broken cogs, but to discuss how they will be fixed, and when. This action demands the end of complaining without action. The pursuit of a better system will thrive on innovation and action. In sequence, sparking clinicians who have been restricted from having a voice to call for change not only within themselves or their agencies, but those they serve. Such a paradigm shift obligates creativity, a why-not mentality, and patience. With leadership that expects excellence, and inspires further growth 
both professionally and personally. Finally, the shift demands acting on what is best for everyone, not the bottom line. This podcast strives to kindle a voice within our companions in and out of the field into a pursuit of excellence, spanning through professional growth, systemic change, and the betterment of our communities to a place where our individual spirits, passions, and benevolence guides us all. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.